Hello, thanks for joining us on this week's episode of Wise Content Creates Wealth. You have heard that content is king. Well, wise content rules the world. This podcast is about understanding how you can make and utilize wise content to improve your financial success and your company's bottom line. I am Joseph Franklin McElroy, and I am a marketing technology expert who has built a multi-million dollar company, and I'm also an award-winning content producer myself. My company is Galileo Tech Media, a leader in providing wise content, which is content that incorporates search science, behavioral science, AI, data, and process to make content that converts better and gets better rankings. Since 2014, we have provided a suite of global clients wise content services, helping get maximum visibility and organic search, social media presence, and effectiveness in marketing conversions. Besides this podcast, we also run monthly webinars where we ask leaders, scientists, and psychologists and others to expound in depth about subjects related to wise content. Read more about us at galileotechmedia.com and sign up for an informative newsletter that will let you know about our upcoming episodes and webinars. Our agenda today is using AI and data and platforms to research, plan, and craft your content. We will be featuring the Market Muse platform. Uh, but first, I'm gonna tell you a little about something about I most recently started using, and it's uh, called Google Question Hub. Uh, in 2018, Google created this thing called the Google Question Hub, but it was only available to content marketers in uh, Nigeria, India, and Indonesia. And it's been sort of on the down low for a while. Uh, but in January this year, Google opened up Question Hub in the United States, and it's providing significant opportunities for content marketers. Um, you know, content marketing relies heavily on your ability to answer your customer's most pressing questions. Well, Google Question Hub can allow you to find, um, uncover hidden gem keywords and content opportunities and questions that are not being answered. So that's what Question Hub does. It identifies questions that lack answers in Google search results. So it, it identifies the information gaps in Google search, in the search, in the search results from, from Google. I think this is a very smart tactic on Google because um, it basically is being transparent to saying, that, well, we get a lot of these questions that there's no answers for. So uh, it, it, they've offered this opportunity to help build the value of their search engine, but it's also a great opportunity for businesses and marketers to solve consumer needs. Uh, and they have various ways to figure out these unanswered questions, uh, and but they're all based upon queries from real people. And this may include things like misspellings and unclear questions. I saw one recently that was asking for something that, that, that whether there was going to be, um, you know, store openings in 2029. Well, obviously they meant 2021, but so that was an incorrect question. It's probably useless right now, but you can optimize well ahead for it. <laughs> so um, you can get, you can use, you can use keywords and it'll generate up to 100 and an, and 100 unanswered questions for each of your keywords that you put in. And it allows you to actually save these questions and exports them. Um, it connects to your Google search console. Uh, and it's a way to, uh, uh, to I guess, be verified. Uh, and then it, um, and it and bring context relevant stuff to what questions are going to bring to you. 
So you basically go on there, you launch the, the question hub. It's at questionhub.google.com. Um, you select a, your Google account to continue. You connect your search console. Then you click on something called add questions. You search your keywords and topics, and then you can um, click add uh, to any of the keywords or topics that show up. And it'll then produce a bunch of questions for you that, have that don't have adequate answers as far as Google is concerned. Um, and then you can actually go and decide that some of these are worthwhile. You can save these questions. You can go and answer them on your site. Take the link that you have created for the answer to those questions and go back into question hubs and you can submit your link as the answer for that question. And then they have a performance tab that shows all the submitted URLs that you provide and how they've been formed. Have they gotten click-throughs? Have they showed up for the questions? So you can see the performance specifically in relevance to these, uh, to these, to the question hub um, uh, scenario. So um, I think our guest today, uh, Jeff, Jeff Coyle and, and Market Muse would call this form this, uh, this application part of answer engine optimization. Uh, and if you, if you search for it, they're number one for that. So I think that they probably invented that term, which is always a good thing to do. Like I invented wise content. <laughs> um, so Jeff is the co-founder and chief product officer for Market Muse, uh, where he's focused on helping content marketers, search engine marketers, agencies, and publishers build topical authority, improve content quality and turn semantic research into actionable insights. Hello, Jeff. Hi, how, how are you doing? That's awesome to load up with the uh, the questions. Uh, but one really cool thing, I mean, two things I think that are the coolest about the questions. Uh, one is trying to figure out how they're deciding that something was unanswered. Right? Yeah, right? That's something that I'm in the process of doing. And the other thing is, if you are in questions hub, you can say, actually, Google, this is answered. And you can send them a link, it could be yours, it could be something else that you feel that you feel does. And that's adding to their feedback loop as well. So who knows how this is going to manifest in the future. Um, but there's there's the, those two things are most intriguing for me. And, you know, one part of our solution is to identify questions that if you weave them in elegantly, not just like an FAQ, but if you weave them into your article or your content item, it exhibits that it exhibits signals that you are an expert, right? All so right. If, you, if you naturally answer them, and it's, and and what Google is really trying to figure out right now is the difference between naturally and elegantly answering the question versus explicitly calling out the question answer pair, which you can mark up with schema with fact schema mm -hmm. FAQ, and have a different result. And you can actually repurpose that content, do it both ways. And yeah, so there's so many different ways to make sure that you're answering these questions. And this is just a completely different approach um, that I'm very excited is now in English and covering, uh, you know, everyone where it was kind of a, a skunk works operation in uh, Indonesia and uh, Nigeria. And Hindu, uh, I think it was in the Hindu language as well. But um, yeah, very exciting. And who knows how it's going to manifest, but I've got some, I, I, got know. Few, I got a few ideas I can tell you after a few beers, you know. Well, you know, I, <laughs> there we go. We were talking about IPAs earlier. Uh, you know, I um, I have a motel resort. I, I tried it out recently, and I have a motel resort in the, in the mountains of the Smoky Mountains. Mm -hmm. And there was actually some relevant uh, questions there that would work. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I did it for uh, 
for SEO and it was like nothing. So, mm -hmm. you know, it seems like SEO people going after and answered all the questions. <laughs> right. <laughs> but uh, um, so what, what, you know, you sort of introduced a little bit of market views. Why don't you give us the sort of the elevator pitch, the broad view of what market views is? Sure. So market views is the content intelligence platform that sets the standard for content quality. And so what we do is we're focused on giving insights that would enable you to, uh, you know, know what content you need to create, what content you need to update, uh, what content you've already written and published and it's fine and just needs to have better integration amongst itself and to, you know, connect like content that, you know, tells the story that you're an expert. But we also go all the way down to the last mile. We build content briefs using artificial intelligence. So we actually build outlines for writers. Uh, we tell you how you can improve a content item that may not be comprehensive or where the world has changed and the intent has changed. And your page kind of is a little outdated and needs a little sprucing up. Um, we're also on the forefront. Um, one of two businesses who have built technology um, that is focused on generation, a natural language generation. And we build content drafts that meet specific guidelines of writer's briefs. So we can give you inspiration all the way down to, you know, uh, um, paragraphs of text that you can use to really fast track your content and make sure that you can spend your writer's time on writing and editing um, and not just doing research. Because what I want is my subject matter experts to be actually putting pen to paper um, and exhibiting that expertise. And what my goal is to get everything I can in those writers' hands so they can be fast and really focused on their expertise. Wow, there's a lot to unpack here. So right. you're the, you're the co-founder. So you obviously was at, there at the, the mm -hmm. ideation for this. How did you get, how did, what was your journey here? Oh gosh, you know, um, and I've been, uh, May 1st will be 22 years, scary as it might sound, that I've been focused on, you know, uh, tech search. Um, I, I went to Georgia Tech for computer science and usability theory. And I was using, I was doing work on uh, uh, tech search then, intranet search, like early stage things. Uh, but also on user interfaces um, and user interface software. Um, I started at uh, my first company, a startup called Knowledge Storm, um, and we were selling leads to software companies based on content. By the way, no one had content on the web. I mean, we were trying to convince companies like IBM to actually give us content, to actually write content, because all they had was white papers and brochureware, et cetera. Um, so in that journey, I was generating uh, millions of leads per month and selling them to technology companies based on syndicating their, con their content marketing efforts of the day, which was okay. mostly white papers and such. Um, and we were acquired in 20, uh, 2007 by Tech Target, who's a major publisher in B2B, also lead gen intent data. At that point, I had led a team of people focused on conversion rate optimization, AB multivariate testing, organic search engine optimization, paid, you know, anything under the sun that would lead to us generating more leads, right? Um, when we were bought by Tech Target, they had an editorial team, a great one, award-winning. Um, and you know, my first, my first, uh, you know, hope was I was just going to hand them all this data, and they were going to be like, "Yeah, this is great." But it didn't work that way. Writers don't like to have be given a list of, you know, a word and say, "Hey, go, go do this." They're like, "What do you know? I've been writing about this topic for ten years. How could yeah. this? How could you possibly help me?" Um, and so, in that time, I really analyzed all these manual editorial processes and writer processes. And they were awfully painful. I mean, one topic modeling process to basically say, hey, let's research this concept 
was taking over 30 hours to do. And at the end of my time at, at Tech Target, I met my co-founder and he had built the original technology behind uh, Market Muse, which we have two patents on, um, which basically analyzes tens of hundreds of millions of content items that we think are relevant to a topic. And it separates what is and isn't written by an expert. And it wow. builds out a model that says, if I'm going to cover that topic comprehensively, how would I do that? What are the things that I would naturally include if I really was an expert? And then now we've applied that to every one of those writers' workflows, whether it's wow. updating, a, updating a page or looking at a million page site and finding things to do. So well, I want to, I want to, uh, I want to, I want to come back to that, and we're going to right. take a break right now, sure. uh, and we'll finish that uh, that uh, that story when we get back. Cool. Okay, cool. <laughs> This is Joseph Franklin McElroy back with the Wise Content Creates Wealth podcast. And my guest, Jeff Cole, Coyle of Market Muse. So, Jeff, you, uh, you were saying you, get, you and your, your uh, co-founder uh, got together, invented this uh, great technology he had done. You added your insights and you sort of launched. When did you launch and how, how was it received and how fast did you grow? Um, well, you know, it was really a... We were we were way ahead of the game, I'd say. Uh, we but when when I started with us full time, and I was doing some advisory stuff in my transition, um, uh, I we only had a few early evangelist customers, you know, paying you know maybe a hundred dollars here and there. Um, but in September of 2015, and he had been working on this for over a year uh, with a scientific advisor as well, uh, and um, immediately in that first quarter. Start, you know, I was selling and, you know, bringing the, you know, how to get it done, not just what it is, what the software was, how to get things done, what the workflows are. And it was an immediate, you know, growth trajectory. I remember we brought in a, a in that first fall, we brought in a $60,000 annual agreement and it was just like, oh, whoa, this is a thing. Okay. <laughs> this isn't, this isn't going to be $169 a month. Um, and really what we did was we, we pushed against that enterprise or mid-market to small enterprise to enterprise persona uh, in the early phases of us building the product where it was very sales-led growth. You know, it, you weren't able to go on and get a trial. You weren't able to get a demo. It was very much a effort of us setting everything up perfectly after you purchased, right? Mm -hmm. And the earliest uh, version of the software was really just that page level, almost editor optimization experience. Mm -hmm. And we didn't have anything else. Everything else we delivered with services, but we had the technology to do it. Right. Um, and I remember we built the first automated content plan and it was a big old ugly spreadsheet, right? <laughs> but I remember we did, a, we did our first content inventory for a major publisher who's three letters who you all know. Um, and it was a, a, a massive database and it was, the ugliest thing you've ever seen. I, mean, I think it was like 71 million word page combinations all in a huge, you know, table. Um, and then over time we baked that into the product and, and, you know, we hired an amazing technology lead in uh, Noah Davis really allowed us to level up. We improved our expertise on sales and on, on marketing. 
um, and just kept hiring people better than us at specific tasks and build the company to where it is now, you know, tipping on 50 people, you know, with thousands and thousands of customers worldwide. So, and you now, you now have a, a free trial. I signed up for it. So you actually you do? go in and, uh, it's kind of cute. It's, uh, it's, it's, fairly straightforward to get in there and start editing some content. That's the thing. I want yeah. everyone. And so what's coming, by the way, this is yeah. a hot, hot tip, exclusive, exclusive. What's right. coming is uh, Market Muse. There will be a version of Market Muse that's free forever. Oh, really? Wow. And uh, that is going to be a fun, fun day uh, because everyone who has, you know, kind of held the line, that workflow, the workflow of updating content, my goal is I want everyone in the world to be able to experience that with market news, no yeah. matter what, whether they've got a buck in their pocket or they got a million bucks in their pocket. And that's going to happen this year. Wow. Yeah. Well, I imagine you, uh, you must have some real, uh, real insights into what, what is the state of content these days? You know, content's our business. What do you think the state of content is these days? Uh, it, it's wild. Um, you know, there's still this unfortunate current of people who believe that it isn't hard and that it doesn't require a lot of investment um, and that there's tricks and those folks are just dying over time because the people who are investing in high quality comprehensive content expertise focusing on expertise and not just focusing on these kind of quick wins are the ones that are winning with longevity mm -hmm. and you see that and my my take is there is publishers who are amazing there's technology companies and other other types of companies who are becoming publishers because they can see the return on investment of being thought leaders, but not just early stage awareness content, mm -hmm. writing content across the buyer journey and even post-purchase and uh, nurturing and champion development, you know, content that your customers want to read that makes them advocates, right? right? And so with real companies who are great publishers are considering the whole journey and they're also considering people with different levels of understanding. And you can write a great definition for a word for a noob, and you can write one for an expert. And mm -hmm. great publishers are realizing they, it's not about one word, one page. It is about one concept, cl many clusters of content. And the people who aren't and are trying to get by, they've on top of a fragile glass house, you know, they're crashing through the through the bottom. And, and a lot of that is happening right now in the affiliate industry, where people had written thin content for purposes of getting affiliate links by listening to people who are advising on content only from that lens. And they're dropping like flies, um, you know, to be to do that well, is going to take expertise and investment. Yeah, and you know, in the uh, in the SEO space, I see that, you know, what you're talking about constantly. Yeah, you know, we we do a lot in multi-location, mm -hmm. you know, and you, you know how many huge corporations out there have a site and they got lots of, you know, uh, content and things, but they're, they have, when they treat their locations, they treat them like they're just supposed to be a little database entry. So, you know, it's a store locator and you come up and you got an address and that's it, mm -hmm. right? And they're missing their, their, the content that they need to have around that, you know, and a real in-depth content that can pe people can you know, get people locally to really, you know, believe in them and believe in the opportunities is, you know, is they're just not doing it. You know? Yeah. And that space is, that space is, is, is very frustrating. 
I would yes. say for someone who's done it, and it's not just because maybe they don't have anything, but sometimes they try to solve that problem with Mad Libs style content. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is entire businesses based on some of these types of solutions and they don't have any longevity. I remember, I mean, a major chain of restaurants, I did not win this business. So I'm even more a little frustrated. They went with a provider who basically took every one of their locations pages for their retail outlets for their product. And they sold them these almost incoherent blobs of text plop on every one of them. Yeah. And it was like, I, and I'm like, you pay, you paid a hundred thousand dollars for that, you know? And, (laughs) and, 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 but that is the space local because those businesses tend to believe in quick fixes or they're very immature. They're not thinking critically. They don't, have that experience um those are often uh big 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 launchers and publishers of low quality content the people who are doing local well though are like killing strata above a strata stratospheres above and you know local done well is is like symphonic i mean it really is so it's a great thing on the top end it's it's painful to watch uh, some of these folks on the bottom end and you know whether it's a bad whether it's a a a multi uh, you know a national law firm who just hasn't got it yet or if it's you know like a a retail uh, a retail business or um you know food place where they don't realize if they showed the world that they knew what it truly meant to do business in that location, yeah, they would own it. And they don't want to invest. They don't want to invest at that level. That's all they have to do. And you can crush it. No, I, 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 you know, I get that. And that's, you know, that was my, you know, we did, we had to do this manually and, you know, in 2019, <laughs> you know, we did 40,000 pieces of local content for a large motel, hotel chain. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I even back then, as far you know, I, for several years, I've been saying, you know, this has got to be more. There's got to be machine language, AI, and, you know, and I, you know, I, I, but I was so busy. We were actually <laughs> so busy doing that that right. it took COVID, right, for me to uh, have the time, unfortunately, mm-hmm. but fortunately in some ways, uh, you know, to actually have the time to sit back and think about, you know, how am I going to reapproach that when things pick back up on a huge scale again exactly. to deal with it. And that's why that's really the, 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 you know, the synthesis of, of why this podcast exists. That's cool. But, but uh, when we come back, I want us to delve deeper into this scaling uh, uh, the uh, aspect of content production, because I think you have a lot of insights and your tool can do a lot of help there. Awesome. This is Joseph Franklin McElroy back with the Wise Content Creates Wealth podcast and my guest, Jeff Coyle of Market Muse. So we were talking about scaling content, right? So how do you find content optimization opportunities in extremely large inventory? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of different. So the way I like to think about content planning um, is most plans fit into one of four buckets. Um, quick wins. So it's what am I? What can I do today that is going to have the biggest impact on the bottom line for me? 
right? That's your, those are the fun ones. Those are the ones you put points on the board. People love you forever. Mm-hmm. But then you're, you know, realistically in businesses, you've got, you know, goals and plans. Like I want to own this topic. I want to win in this space. You also have competitive risks or other types of risks. Maybe you have a page that gets 80% of the traffic on your site. That's super risky situation. How do you fix that and, and fortify that infrastructure? Or maybe you have a competitor or a new competitor who's just eating your lunch with their content. How do you address those? Um, and then the last one I'd say is, is really it's, it's organizational, right? You have a, you take orders. It's sad, sad, but a lot of marketing services organizations, the CEO says, hey, go write this article or a product, <laughs> product sent me these nine requests. And, you know, you're just having to fill orders. Well. For businesses like that, we're trying to make sure that they put their best foot forward with what they are ordered to do. And then next time the budget comes around, they're saying, hey, I put our best foot forward. I grew and I didn't even get to tell you what to do. And so maybe I'm going to get more next time. But finding optimization opportunities in a huge inventory is about knowing the data points that signify one of the outputs that could get into one of those plans. I'll use quick wins as an easy one, right? Mm-hmm. Um if I can identify, and we have the world's only metric for topic authority, right? Um, you know, the, other than the search engines, the, who measure authoritativeness, expertise, and, 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 and trust, and other off-page power signals. Uh, and we're able to measure that and say, how much of an authority are you on this topic, right? Mm-hmm. And so if you are an authority on a topic, and the page you wrote the most dominant page is not up to date. It's not comprehensive. It's maybe missing, answering some of those important questions, mm-hmm. right? That is, that's like T-ball, right? Because I've got the power. I've told the world I'm, I am an authority on this. I've got some stuff maybe on adjacent terms, but on this specific one, I maybe I didn't hit it out of the park. But that's a, that is the weighted bag of content optimization. I can tell you with extraordinary levels of confidence that if I make that page better, make it up to date, make it more mm-hmm. comprehensive, make it exib- exhibit those signals of expertise, make it maybe a higher production value generally. Uh, my predictability for growth is very high. Um, and that's, you know, that's what we built our business on is that concept is being able to pick out those winners. Um, and then also put together a plan that says, hey, you're not there yet. You have no power here. Here's how, here's directionally how much investment you're going to need to make to start putting points on the board, which is more the reality for someone with a new site or someone with an aspirational goal on a topic. Right. So, 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 you know, I have a lot of clients. We like to start with a quick win. So you would actually be uh, a good product to really improve those pages to go from page two to top five. Right. Yeah, the old the old SEO trick, right? Which was, you know, was the striking distance. Yeah. Or you look at the stuff that's on page two. You go tell them to update it. Some of them go on the page one. Some of them don't. Okay, there's a little bit of a method behind that madness. But imagine if you had a much more predictive metric for what they were supposed to do, mm-hmm. and how impactful and how much upside advantage there was. Those two things make striking distance plans actually deadly. Yeah, well, um, and that's and, that's my focus. Yeah, right. it's nice because I mean, you you exp- you actually expand where that page is is getting. You're expanding the questions that it's showing up from. Yeah. So it's not just the low hanging fruit for the keywords 
Yeah, it's 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 a, I think that's it's a way to really take a a powerful seed and make it you know fertilize it so it grows even larger. Yeah. Or make a de- or make a decision that that page shouldn't, which yeah. we reference that I reference that as intent mismatch, right? Where yeah. I've got a page that ranks tenth in organic search, but it doesn't answer that question. It doesn't solve that intent. Okay, so I've got to make a decision. You know, the game time decision and say, uh-huh. should I expand this page? To, ha- to answer that, or should I do that with a new page and link it to this one in that cluster, right? And yeah. so making that decision the right way every time has an outside outsized advantage. Um, and that's where the, frankly, that's where the money's made. <laughs> so, you know, you're talking about new pages, and I guess you're talking about new topics. How do you pick topics and go deep into them when you're uh, a network of sites covering a lot of ground? Right. I mean, so one interesting thing that we do is you can bring your own keywords if you want the stuff you want. Right. And we'll evaluate your authority and your competitive advantage and how hard it's going to be. So if you're if you've written your entire site and it's all about beer. Right. And you're like, I want to go be about, you know, Siberian Husky dogs. And we're going to be like, whoa, (laughs) you've got no no authority there. You've got a lot of work to do. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so he, but we can, we can figure it out. It's just, there's an investment level that'll get you there. And it may be a very big one. Um, but the, the other piece of it is you, you know, finding those gaps. So if you do cover one thing and another thing, what are the connected, connected tissue of those topics? Those would be natural fits or you are about some things and you want to be more about some other things. I was, uh, there's a great example I always give is um, worked with a, big, a B2B technology company that you'd know if I said the brand. Um, they had two major product lines. One was on a networking concept. The other one was on a file transfer concept. And they were like, we, our goal as a marketing org is to increase traffic to, both, to each of these sections by 40%. And our technology t- said, well, the one... You're going to have to write between 120 and 160 articles. The other one, you, you can knock this out by updating about 15 and writing about 40. They shelved the 150. <laughs> they put the money in the easy win, knocked it out. Um, but they, they actually they changed, they made a business decision based on this. In you know, I want, in, I'm going to put points on the board quick, and then maybe I'd be able to invest in that larger effort. Well, you may make a different business decision, but um, let's say you the on the flip side. Let's say you already have articles about a whole bunch of different things. That's when it gets a little bit more nuanced. You've got to figure out: Do you need bridge content? That's, you need you know six degrees of Kevin Bacon, right? You've got A and A and, and level six. You may need three or four levels of bridging uh, in order to not be a. Uh, you know, I always just say teeth without a mouth, right? You've got. Uh, here or you know you to basically build out those pillar content items and those those central parts of your hubs um, when maybe you just have a bunch of spokes um, so there's a lot of different situations but what we do is to surface them and give you easy paths and that's what we do that nobody really can do uh, where they're just kind of guessing um, or doing some of the parlor trick stuff like hey let's look at your page too when yeah. by the way don't work it, it don't it, it works directionally it's better than nothing right. however Go look at your favorite data point and go look at your attempts at content. And how often are you right? Mm-hmm. That we call that content efficiency. So how many articles did you publish versus how many of them were successful? Whatever your KPI is, right? 
Um, whether and then how many times do you update content and how much how often does it grow? Um, if that number is real low, then question the data point you're using. And 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 also it, what that also does is it changes the the true cost of content. Because if you think content costs a hundred bucks page, right? Yeah. And you only hit with one out of ten. Mm-hmm. It's actually costing your business a thousand a page. Yeah. What if you were hitting on four out of ten? Could you invest two hundred bucks a page then, and get better content? Could you invest five hundred if you knew that it was going to be more successful more of the time? And that's when the aha moments come on when you're working with us. And that's that's really the difference in you know guessing and rolling dice and yeah. uh, not guessing. And I hate guessing. Guessing's <laughs> so, guessing guessing's no fun. <laughs> So, so first I'm going to say, you know, Siberian Husky would be a great name for a beer. <laughs> yeah, that's, a good, that's a good point. That actually could be an angle shot there to get, to get in. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, you know, you talk about the, the one where they shelved where they had to do a lot of content and then where the, well, they took the one that was short, but sometimes you got to do a lot of content, right? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, you, you do. so how can you 10 times your content production but keep the quality? Yeah, and I mean, one thing is... Uh, you 10 times your production one of the big paths that we take is um you know i'll give you a couple ways one is smart repurposing right where you may be able to you may be missing out on some personas um who like to consume content in other media or other forms or other structures mm-hmm. um you may have some, you know, so that's one way. It's great repurposing strategies. Um, you can also, there's repurposing with different ang- angular movements. Like I can take a generalist content item and I can repurpose it for a particular target industry and make it, make it fresh. And you can actually get more out the door if you follow these things and build out kind of clusters of repurposed content. Audio or transcription is a great way to, to get uh, more out the door as well, rich media optimization. Um, and then last, the, the most fundamental one is by adopting a content brief strategy. If you don't have a single source of truth for content that you create, you're likely losing speed in your workflow. Um, most commonly, the way that that loses speed or efficiency is where you're getting your writer and your person who ordered the writing aren't connected in the vision for the piece. So they spend money on building some sort of thin proposal. The writer goes and writes, it comes back and then it goes through an editing cycle or two editing cycles, or it never actually gets published because it didn't meet expectations. So finding those uh, misalignment based situations are big. And then building adopting a briefing single source of truth solution is typically a way to 30 to 40% um, your efficiency or production volume. Cool. Um, so, you know, you talked about intent and we, don't, we only have a, a minute left in this segment. I don't know mm-hmm. if you can answer it in a minute, but uh, how do you classify large content inventories by intent? Oh, wow. So two ways. One is there's true intent and one there's Google's favorite intent. So Google, and then there's a, the explicit nature or the fracture of intent. God, that's a lot of words. But basically, if something's really, it's really obvious what the answer is, or the best solution is that's explicit intent. How do you get bees out of your garage, right? It's only one thing you're looking for. It's solutions that get bees out of my garage. But if I just type garage door, there's, there's 
fractured intent. I might be looking for pictures of garage doors. I might be looking to buy one. I might be looking for what it is for some reason, because I don't know what a garage door is, you know? So um, intent is the, what Google has to decide is what is their favored intent and do they understand that it is explicit when it's not explicit, they show pages that appeal to different intents. And so in a large scale inventory, the best you can do is try to guess what types of intents, the pages that you've written attack for the topics that you are tracking and appealing for. And we break them down into simple knowledge or awareness, uh, awareness, you know, uh, you know, a, a comparison, uh, more purchase intent or commercial intent, and then like website query. Because if I type in, you know, google.com, I'm trying to, I'm actually sure. trying to get to the site. So that, those are the different ways I think about it. the difference between true intent and f- favorite intent is, and I'm trying to stay under the time, but um, true intent is all the content you need to make in order to actually appeal to the topic. That's the whole, that's like that whole Magilla, the whole content inventory you need to attack it. Google's favorite intent is derived from, you know, analyzing those search results. And you guys do that pretty well, I think, right? I do both. (laughs) So when we come back, I want to touch a little bit on natural language Mm -hmm. uh, before we finish out. Awesome. Hi, this is Joseph Franklin McElroy back with the uh, Wise Content Creates Wealth podcast with my guest, Jeff Coyle from Market Muse. Now, when I uh, sometimes I want to say howdy on this podcast, but that's on my other podcast, The Gateway to Smokies. <laughs> and howdy could be my, what you might call my natural language. But <laughs> uh, we're going to be talking about natural language generation and content marketing for a few minutes. So we don't have a lot of time. But I did want to touch on it because I think Market News is is a, is 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 doing it well. So, what are the practices, practical uses of uh, natural language generation? So, you know, just to getting into kind of not to get into too much about definitionally what it is, yeah, but yeah, really, yeah. really, with what we're, we want to do, you know, what natural language generation is providing a language model that can produce text. You know, it can produce text. And what it's doing is it's basically predicting the next page, the next word probabilistically. So it's saying like, based on this model, I'm writing the next word. I'm simplifying this, obviously. But you can even get things where it's predicting the next letter, predicting the next character, keystroke, uh, you know, pen swipe, you know, and your brain will explode because that's actually, you know, where some of these things lie. Practical uses, though is really, you know, I feel where the market is now, one of the biggest practical uses is inspirational, inspirational content and ways to get to a, at least a draft level so that your editors are kind of seeing the first versions of text instead of them being, you know, and these are the subject matter experts that then can add their color, add their expertise to it, make sure it fits to particular standards and structures. Um, and in many to- many cases, that's something that's extremely practical. Functionally, you use it every day. You know, right. Google Smart Compose is a function of, of, of natural language generation. That's where you're in Gmail and it writes the end of your sentence. Yeah, right? Yeah, right, that's right, a yeah. function of, a, that's an application. Um, you see it in question answering very frequently. 
Um, you see it in, uh, in so question answering solutions. You see it in, um, you know, uh, summarization is another use case. So taking content and trying to pull out a bulleted list that gives you a walkthrough. Um, looking at a page, there's actually two types of summarization, abstractive summarization and extractive. Extractive takes from the text to try to summarize. Abstractive tries to write an abstract, right? And so there's all those use cases. Right now, the biggest, most exciting one is actually producing inspirational um, kind of first draft capabilities. And it's why we named our product Market Muse First Draft. Right. Um, and and the, the two leading solutions in the market would be Market Muse First Draft and then OpenAI, which is a major provider of a solution that you might have heard referenced called GPT-3. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a lot of tech, a lot of businesses that have language models. Yeah, One, there's a lot of them that are yeah. doing, yeah. But I mean, Google, Google's a great example. They have yeah. an even more powerful language model. It's not being released like OpenAI released it, that's for sure. Um, but their brain team or their uh, uh, one of their teams that focuses on this, the language modeling, um, they have an even more powerful model uh, of solution very similar to ours. Um, and um, also, you know, Microsoft has is the exclusive reseller for OpenAI. Um, so, you know, we joke around internally that we're, we're in a market who, where the three leading products are us, Microsoft, and Google. And, <laughs> um, that's, why you're, that's why you're releasing a free version. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, my, my, I would love nothing more to, than to improve our modeling so that you could actually be in an editor view uh-huh. um, and be inspired enough to write quicker. I am not a great writer. I'm, yeah. It's very fun and paradoxical. I had I built a brief and got, built myself a first draft. And I, by the way, if if I didn't have this, I just wouldn't write at all, right? Yeah. Um, and in four hours, I was able to knock out a three thousand word article, which for me was like groundbreaking. But it was just on the money, performing amazingly for you know for the purposes I was not. And I was like, oh wow, we're there. Okay. You know, I, I can, I'm, yeah. I'm like, I, you know, I'm like, I can, I, I, I can write well, but here's the thing is I'm not great with the blank canvas. Right. Right. And I like, yes. I, yes. I like, so I'm excited to try this out. Do you think it does well long form content? Absolutely. And that's yeah. really our differentiator. Um, you know, like, yeah. uh, and we have an article on our site called, and I can leave it for you for show notes or whatever, but um, mm-hmm. GPT three versus market Muse first draft. And one of those big things is that, we are able to keep that memory and context and, and infer that context and, and keep the context going throughout the whole piece. Um, but the key is like your human brain's broken, right? We judge, we look at content and our natural proclivity is to go, yay, good, no bad. But then over time you kind of learn that, hey, this is just a, this is Play-Doh that I've got to turn into something good. And if it makes my life easier or faster, it's good. And so ju- the first the first time you saw natural language generation generated content, you judged it and you went, that's terrible. I mean, it's everyone does it, right? It's just the way your, your brain's hardwired. But then it's the people that are realizing these are ways of getting building blocks. And then you also have the other wing of the world who's going to take that and try to publish it without touching it or by just tweaking it. And they're going to run into a different set of problems. 
I'll let those people go play over there. I'm not doing that, right? But it's the same thing as the first time you asked Siri or your Amazon Echo a question and it didn't get it right. Now it's getting it right more often. And that's basically the world we live in and it's accelerating at a dramatic pace. But yeah, we can write long form content and hope to knock it out. And, you know, we, we, the world we typically live in is a company will know they have to write 20 articles, but realistically resourcing, they're only able to get two or three out the door. My dream is to get them to be able to put all 20 out this month and have them all be equal to or better than the content quality that they were doing manually before. And if I can do that, I got it. My personal goal is to actually now start producing more content because I have it, you know, mm-hmm. I have a lot of the knowledge, right? Yeah. So I, uh, my personal goal now, and I'm going to use your tool to try it out, you know, is to get, you know, one long form article a week, right? That's oh, going right. uh, to be something I'm going to work to see if you guys can help me out with that. So Joseph, I got your trick though. The trick but, is this conversation because yeah. that's my, that's the only way I do it is I work with my writers and we record interviews and me talking about stuff because I can talk. Oh yeah, I've got this. I got fireflies on this, and they're 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 recording this. And I can oh, talk yeah, all day, but I can't uh, write. I can't yeah. write all day. I can so um, <laughs> we have to close up here. You want to uh, any shout outs to your website? Where to get hold of you? Find out more that sort of stuff. Absolutely. So Jeffrey underscore Coil on Twitter. Um, I'm on LinkedIn. Jeff at marketmuse.com is my email. Um, and um, we have a uh, our site, marketmuse.com and the blog, we have a content strategy crash course and it's free. Go check it out. It's like a walkthrough, if you're, especially if you're just starting out or you feel like, like content's not for you. Go read, go walk through that um, and it will be inspirational. That Our content strategist, you know, we eat our own dog food. We write content all the time that's really high quality. Um, and really tells the story about all these workflows. So go check that out. Start with the crash course um, and then walk backwards. And like you've mentioned, we have a trial. We have self-service offerings. You can go buy it right online. Or if you are a business and you need something more custom or for a team, we have premium offerings that, you know, can get you to, you know, some large publishers that we work with have, you know, get 2000 briefs a month. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it's like basically <laughs> like they have a artifact for every article they publish. Um, and it, it's really changing the game for them. Well, I thank you. I appreciate it. I'm glad you uh, were here this week, and uh, I look forward to seeing more about Market Muse, and I might even do, a, uh, at one point, I'm going to start doing online demos for YouTube, so awesome. um, if, I, if my ambitions meet my, my thoughts. But anyway, uh, I want to let mention we're on the talkradio.nyc network. Stick around uh, uh, to listen to other podcasts. Uh, there's one that follows this ca- uh, called uh, The Entrepreneurial Web, uh, by Jeremiah Fox. I have a podcast on the network called Gateway to the Smokies. My, this podcast, you can find more about us on wisecontentcreateswealth.com. You can also see uh, see the Zoom live on facebook.com at slash wisecontentcreateswealth every Friday from uh, 1 until 2 p.m. Uh, and we are doing a series now where we're investigating a lot of uh, actual AI tools. Uh, So I look forward to seeing you next week where we have another wonderful tool to investigate. Uh, And again, this has been Wise Content Creates Wealth Podcast with Jeff Coyle. Bye.